On today's edition of Locked On Jayhawks, we preview the Kansas-Missouri game ahead of Saturday. You are Locked On Jayhawks, your daily podcast on the Kansas Jayhawks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Derek Johnson. You can hear me as well. On Rock Chalk Sports Talk Monday through Friday uh, from 3 to 6 on KLWN in Lawrence. Thanks for making Locked On Jayhawks your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get any of your podcasts. And on today's edition of the show, we're going to be previewing the Kansas Missouri matchup set for Saturday in Columbia. But first, this episode of Locked On Jayhawks is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. We'll get to our Bet Online segment coming up later. So, so Kansas takes on Missouri on Saturday. Pre-game will be a 245 tip-off at 415 on KLWN and 105.9 KISS Radio. And Missouri's undefeated. They come into this game with a 9-0 record. They've kind of passed every test they've gone through, but they haven't really gone through super difficult tests so far. They've been in the the 100 level classes to this point, but so far so good for them. Obviously, last season you renewed the rivalry. It was the first one in Allen Fieldhouse since the 2012 meeting when you end up winning in overtime on the crazy comeback. And last year was just an absolute beatdown from the word go. Kansas wins 102 to 65. You have Christian Brown starting the game, and the game meant a lot to him. His mom playing at Missouri, and you know I'm sure having a lot of friends who are Missouri fans and uh, whatever it is playing at Mocan, and um, he, you could tell it meant a lot to him. And he went out there; he had so much energy and just kind of balled out early. And KU just built this gigantic lead, never looked back. Uh, the crowd, even when the game was 25, 30 points toward the end of the game. It wasn't one of those games where it was like, all right, people are starting to sift out or people aren't being as loud because it's like, well, I'm not going to get up and chant, you know, defense, Jayhawks, right, when, when it's a 25-point game. But in, in that game, because it was Missouri and it, because it was the first game in a while, that was happening. And then when Connor Tehan or not Connor, I'm sorry, when Chris Tehan hits the, the three-pointer uh, to put them over 100 and eventually they win 102 to 65, that was probably the loudest that it was during the game. It was kind of an, uh, an epic moment in return to the series from the KU side of things, I'm sure, more than Missouri. Missouri wasn't very good last year, so they hire a new coach this year, Dennis Gates. Um, and so far, they have been an entertaining team. They've been a very good offense, and they come in, again, undefeated. Now, you get this one in Columbia. And you would have almost rather last year been in Columbia, right? Because last year's Kansas team obviously went on to win the national title, and that Missouri team wasn't very good. This Missouri team better than last year's Missouri team, and this Kansas team, I mean, it's hard to be like, well, of course they're going to be as good or better than the team that won the title. You could realistically say this team could wind up better than last year's team because even though last year's team won the title, over the course of the regular season, they weren't like, you know, the best team in the country. Now they were a one seed. So you would say, well, they were the third best team in the country, but by certain metrics, they weren't even a top five team headed into the tournament. So um, nonetheless, this one is going to be more difficult because the teams are closer in competition, but also because it is in Columbia. And certainly the fact that, you know, I, I don't think any of the players or the coaches are going to care about all that went on during the Liberty Bowl process and Missouri not wanting to play in the Liberty Bowl against Kansas. 
But from a fan perspective, from both sides of it, and especially for the home fans there in Columbia, that's going to, I'm sure, lead to some extra vitriol headed toward KU, right? I mean, there probably wasn't going to be a bunch of fans being super nice to KU anyway, whether that happened or not. But that's almost like extra fuel to the fire. Maybe it just grows a little bit louder and the vitriol kind of gets added to the game. Certainly, we've heard uh, about a lot of stories in the past from both sides of the the rivalry of, I mean, we've heard from David Lawrence about Missouri fans peeing in cups and throwing them at football players on the sideline, spitting on people, right? So it's going to be a very hostile environment um, for Kansas going into Missouri, even if it is the first game in a little bit of time. And maybe a lot of the students, you know, haven't lived it as well, but at the same point in time, they're chomping at the bit to get back to that rivalry. Now, in terms of what Missouri does well, you heard me talk about their offense, 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 offense. That has been their calling card so far this season. They're a top 15 offense on Ken Palm's uh, adjusted offensive efficiency so far this season. They score over 90 points per game. And they play at a really fast tempo. They get up and down. They get out in transition. They get easy baskets from getting out in transition. So they get easy layups and dunks and open three-pointers. And they also get you know, easy baskets off just spacing the floor. They shoot a pretty good amount of three-pointers. And they shoot them at a pretty good efficiency. And that combined with just their kind of scheme and, and ability to stretch it at really every position offensively for their starting lineup allows – there to be more open cutting lanes and driving lanes that they've been really good. They've been one of the most elite teams in the country so far at shooting shots around the rim. Defensively, they actually do a great job of creating steals and forcing turnovers, which only adds to their offensive ability because they're creating a lot of these steals for a team that does like to run up and down and get those transition opportunities and really take advantage of them. Now, again, the schedule has not been very good. So you might see, oh, they're you know one of the best teams, like literally one of the five best teams in the country in two-point shooting offense. But they haven't really played anyone, so it's hard to say, well, you know, you're going up against a bunch of seven-footers or teams who are great at defending inside. Better that you are blowing out a lot of these teams that you're playing who are bad to show that, yeah, we are on another level than them, which has been the case for Missouri we still don't totally know what they are, and we'll learn a lot about that this Saturday against Kansas. Early returns, though, they've been great offensively. But again, keep in the back of your mind, schedule has not been very good. Now, on the other side of the ball, defensively, they are not ranked in the top 100 on Ken Palm's adjusted defensive efficiency. And the thing that they've mostly struggled at, like a lot of the, the different individual stats, they've actually been okay or, or pretty solid at, again, against a bad schedule. But they've really struggled on the defensive glass. This is a team that gives up a lot of offensive rebounds to opposing teams. That means that Kansas is going to have the opportunity to get some extra possessions on their end of the floor. Kansas has actually been a a pretty solid team at getting offensive rebounds this year. They've more so struggled on the defensive side of the uh, glass. But as far as they are top 100 in two-point defense, it really is mostly the, the rebounding. Teams are actually shooting really well against Missouri from three. That could just be bad luck. Um, that could be something schematic, but when you look at this, the fact that, cause this is crazy, they have played the 359th, there are 360, I think three teams, they've played the 359th best schedule for offensive efficiency from other teams. So everything you look at there defensively, maybe they've done okay, or maybe they're average in certain areas. 
Once you take into account for the schedule, that is why they're a non-top 100 defense. And the fact that they're giving up that many offensive rebounds to the opposition when they've played that week of a schedule does not bode well for what their defense and their defensive rebounding could be, which means if you're Kansas, go out there, get 15 offensive rebounds in this game. Get 20. Hell, why not? I mean, it could be a high-tempo game, could be a lot of possessions that could increase it, but you know that's that's certainly an avenue to uh, kind of add some some flair to this game and and give this opportunity. All right, we're going to get to our matchups of the game in just a second, but first, this episode of Locked On Jayhawks is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball, esports, soccer. The World Cup, they've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, which you're listening to this, you can find those at betonline as well. They're the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed. You can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. You can get in on the action for KU and the Liberty Bowl. You can get in on the action for Kansas versus Missouri in basketball. You can get in on the Chiefs to try to pound the Broncos on Sunday or all that World Cup action, hockey, NBA. Anything that you want to get into, they've got it all at Bet Online. Bet Online, where the game starts. We've got our matchups of the game for this one. The first matchup transition versus transition. So, on one end, Missouri is one of the fastest playing teams in the country. They're top five in the country on Ken Palm in uh, tempo. So how fast they play, meaning how many possessions they get over the course of a game, right? If you get more possessions, it means you're shooting faster, you're playing faster. And Missouri is one of the fastest teams in the country. No hyperbole there. So for Kansas, you have to be able to defend transition well. You have to be able to, again, Missouri has done a good job at uh, getting steals, forcing turnovers. You have to do a good job there. It starts on the offensive end, taking care of the basketball, not giving up those live ball turnovers that are going to switch the ball over to Missouri in a run-out opportunity. That's obviously a big piece to begin with. Then, if it's not that, or even if it is, either way, you need to do a good job defending in transition in this game. And that does make it a little difficult to a certain standpoint because one of the things about Missouri being a bad defensive rebounding team is that they are leaking out and trying to run out and transition and get easy baskets. And so for Kansas, if you overemphasize trying to get those offensive rebounds against a team who has struggled in that area, then if you don't get the offensive rebound, they might crush you at the other end. Like think of the the Kansas-Baylor matchups last season. Baylor's a team who typically great on the offensive glass, um, but if you can if you can prevent them from hitting the offensive rebounding battle hard, then you can really get out and transition and run because they're going to send numbers at it, and then you might have numbers the other way. That's kind of the battle in this game. So for Kansas, can you still get offensive rebounds with maybe just one or two guys up there, or do you really have to crash the glass for it, and then can you get back and slow down their transition game? On the flip side, though, because it's transition versus transition, I like the fact that it's an up-tempo game for Kansas. I think Kansas thrives in an up-tempo game. And if you're putting Missouri's players and athletes versus Kansas's players and athletes into an up-and-down track meet, a game with more possessions, where I think Kansas does have the more talented team and does have even more firepower, I like that for Kansas. I really do. I mean, so far this year, a lot of their bigger struggles offensively when they've had them have been stalling out in the half court. 
They haven't as much been in open play and transition because you have a bunch of big wings that when you get numbers out, they're going to get open transition threes. They're going to be able to take it to the bucket. You've got a great point guard with Dewan Harris. You've got a bunch of guys that can handle the basketball and pass to other players on the court. So you are a really good transition team. The fact that this game is going to be played at a high tempo, I think bodes well for Kansas. So can you really take advantage of your transition and try to limit theirs a little bit and not overemphasize the offensive rebounds, still be able to get them against a bad defensive rebounding team, but without just sending all sorts of numbers, crashing the glass. I will say this, like, side note, for the outside of the rivalry and who wins, this should be a very exciting game. You have two teams averaging a lot of points per game, two teams who play very well in transition, one team who plays very fast, the other team who plays, I guess, above average in pace. This is going to be a very entertaining game, and for that alone, that's exciting for Saturday. Matchup number two, K.J. Adams versus Kobe Brown. Um, This actually might be a matchup that behooves K.J. Adams pretty well in terms of the center position as opposed to maybe some of the other traditional guys. Maybe he gets even more minutes than we're expected. So Kobe Brown is the Missouri big man. He is their starting center. He is six foot eight. 250 pounds. Certainly, we're going to see how K.J. Adams can deal with a, a very physical, strong, thick big man, right, at 250 pounds at 6'8". That's going to be a challenge for K.J. Adams, avoiding getting just kind of bullied or, or outstrength or back down in the post. But we know K.J. is a strong guy. Um, in terms of the height, though, 6'8", K.J., 6'7", right? You're not really giving up a huge size advantage there. And what makes Brown difficult is that he can also stretch the floor a little bit. He is 7 of 19 from 3 this season, so he's not taking a ton. That's two attempts per game, but he's shooting 37% on them. He can handle it a little bit, too, and he's a good passer. He gets 2.5 assists per game. So from that standpoint, a lot of times if he's matched up on another center and their center is not versatile enough, he might have to play drop coverage down low in the paint, and they're giving openings to Kobe Brown, or he's not getting ball pressured where he can easily pass to someone else. With KJ, the whole point of what he brings defensively is his versatility to where that should actually really pay off for you in this specific matchup against Kobe Brown. Now, Brown's also not an elite rebounder either, which is good for Adams. We had the show the other day. KJ is a good offensive rebounder, but he has really struggled on the defensive glass. Brown isn't a bad rebounder. He's just kind of solid. He's just average, above average. He's not an elite rebounder. So, you shouldn't have to worry too much about what you're giving up in that regard. Um, this is certainly a matchup that I think it, it profiles well for KJ compared to maybe some other centers against Kobe Brown. Doesn't mean he's not going to have his hands full because Kobe Brown is a very good player, but if he can limit him in any way, that is a huge win for Kansas in this game. And also the fact that he is a good offensive rebounder, and we mentioned Missouri not very good at defensive rebounding, should be an opportunity for KJ to get a handful of offensive rebounds. Matchup number three, Jalen Wilson having a takeover game. I guess it's not really a match versus, I don't know, whatever. Uh, you get the point. Here's the highlights of the game, whatever. Uh, Noah Carter is the Missouri foreman. He is a six foot six, 235 pound senior. And I'll be honest. I do not know a ton about Noah Carter, um, but just based on the size profile, six, six, two thirty five. Like I'm wondering if he's going to be able to keep up with Jalen Wilson's speed, especially in transition. Now, when I look at Evan Miakawa's website, we did the deep dive into some of the different numbers and metrics on his site on the uh, show the other day. Carter has a negative defensive BPR. Basically put simply like 
he has struggled a bit defensively at times this season, or I guess for the overhaul of the season. And if he's your four-man, and he's on KU's best player, who is their four-man, can Jalen Wilson not just have a good game where he has 18 points, eight rebounds? Can he have a takeover game? Can he have a game where he has 27 points and 12 rebounds? I think that's definitely possible in a game that could be high tempo, high transition. He thrives in transition. If their four-man has struggled defensively, which based on those numbers he kind of has this season, I like this as a Jalen Wilson takeover game. Uh, matchup number four, Dewan Harris versus Isaiah Mosley. I'm not sure they're ever going to really even be guarding each other. I guess Kansas switches enough, and I, you'll probably see at some point like they'll be guarding each other on a given possession. But over the course of the game, you probably won't see them guarding each other a ton. They're different players, mostly more of a, a shooting guard. Um, Harris, obviously, more of the, the true point guard. But these guys are, are former teammates that are going to be playing against each other. And mostly you have the, the interesting part of it where he was the uh, Missouri State transfer, really good scorer, and Kansas was one of the schools that, that showed interest in him. But it seemed like uh, for Kansas that, you know, it was kind of for them like, oh, we're going to try to get Kevin McCuller. And if we don't get Kevin McCuller, then maybe we'll go to Isaiah Mosley. And they end up getting McCuller. So then Mosley ends up going to Missouri, uh, back where he's from with Columbia. But the two are friends, former teammates. That'll be a fun matchup on its own right. Mosley hasn't totally found his footing with Missouri. He's averaging about nine points per game, but he can go off at any moment. And he's the type of scorer that could have a game where he might only score five. And then all of a sudden he scores 20 and he's just hitting everything like he can go kind of inferno mode. So you got to try to hope that that doesn't be the case. But uh, for Dewan, I don't know, some sort of like revenge game against Missouri, right? He's from Columbia. He went to Rockbridge High School. He, you know, played with with the Mocan basketball team and he ends up coming to Kansas. I don't believe he was. I don't know, maybe he was recruited by Missouri to some extent, but you look at some of the different recruiting profiles and uh, that wasn't one that, that kind of pops up there. And I'm sure for him, this is an opportunity to play in front of a lot of family and friends uh, to kind of show himself. But also, I'm sure for him, he has that extra chip on his shoulder for being like, man, you could have had me. Like, I, I was committed to Missouri State. You should have recruited me. Instead, I went to Kansas. Now I'm going to show you. Now, that can go one of two ways. For some players, when you focus on kind of the revenge factor of things, it makes you play worse because you're overthinking things or you're trying too hard. For some guys, it makes them play even better. Like Christian Brown, we saw that last year. It made him play even better. So I don't know which of those that Dewan is or if that even is something that is on his mind, but certainly I'm curious if it is because I think this would be kind of a cool homecoming for Dewan in this game, and I expect him to play very well. And in a high-pressured environment, having that calming force as a veteran point guard is going to be so impactful for Kansas. Uh, the last one for matchups, my wallet versus the over Kansas ranks 22nd on offense. They are 146th in tempo, according to Ken Palm. But as we mentioned, they are very comfortable getting out in transition. And some of those tempo numbers kind of dive down a little bit when you play a slower game against like Wisconsin, for instance, uh, Missouri, meanwhile, ranks 12th on offense and they are top five in tempo. They're averaging over 90 points per game. They're also not very good defensively. Pounding the over. I don't know what it's going to be. We'll get to that in our next segment in the bet online segment, but I love the over and I'm just blindly betting it, which is never a good thing to do in the gambling world. That's why my wallet versus the over is uh, part of the matchups for this week. Okay. Uh, let's finish things off here with locked on Jayhawks for the week and uh, headed into the weekend with our bet online segment of the week. No line as of right now for the Kansas, Missouri game. Um, that's pretty usual. Usually the lines don't come out till like the night of or the morning of. 
or, or the night before, I should say, or the morning of for the game. But if we just base it on what Ken Palm, Ken Palm, as of like a week or two ago, had it as a one-point line, now has it at a three-point game in favor of Kansas. I would imagine you'll see the betting odds somewhere between that, like three or four points. Sometimes with the betting lines, they're more based on what can we get the public to bet on. So you would think more of the public would be betting on on Kansas just because they're they're the blue blood. So maybe it'll be around three, four, even five points. But if it's even two and a half, that wouldn't be totally shocking to me. Like I said, whatever the over is, I'm taking it. But I'm envisioning a, envisioning a very high number there. You're probably looking at like in Ken Palm, it'd be 157. So you could be looking at 158, 159, 160 points on the over under. I still think I'm kind of comfortable taking it because I expect it to be a close game. You should get free throws late in the game, high tempo, both teams going back and forth. Could see both teams scoring in the 80s or at least one in the high 80s, mid 80s, and the other in the high 70s. And that would get you there as long as the over under isn't like, like 165. If it is 160 or below, I think I feel very comfortable taking that. Um, you can obviously. Also, with Bet Online, Bet on the World Cup right now. You got Chiefs Broncos on Sunday. And how about also, I want to take a, uh, a little dive into the early line for the Liberty Bowl, Kansas versus Arkansas. Um, I, I told you the other day on the show, hop on it now because it seems like some of the money is starting to come in on Kansas. Some players transferring out, opting out of the game for Arkansas. And as of the other day, you could get Kansas at, I forget if it was plus three or plus three and a half. But those odds were plus 100. Now it's only Kansas plus three at minus 120. So again, you want to get on this quick before even more comes out. And who knows, maybe by the end of this, it's going to be like near a pick em. Uh, I haven't seen the money line odds come out. I would almost be inclined to wait for those, to be honest. The over-under is 69 and a half. So if you think the KU-Missouri game is going to be entertaining, that one could also be with the Liberty Bowl. Two offenses that have been really good with dual threat, exciting quarterbacks, two defenses that have definitely struggled at points this season. But yeah, I, I think I might be inclined to wait a little bit and bet maybe a reverse line or even the money line for Kansas because there's a real chance that this is the oh, SEC doesn't care about the bowl syndrome and Kansas comes in there and they have an impressive effort and they win by 14 points, right? So if you can get Kansas like minus six and a half in an alternate line at plus 200, plus 250, plus 300 odds or something. That would be kind of appealing to me or the money line for better odds overall. Now, there is obviously a very real chance you can't stop the Arkansas offense because they have a really good running game and a good quarterback and your defense has struggled, especially over these past few games down the stretch, which definitely scares me. But I almost feel like there's there's more value in just picking Kansas to win or getting a, a reverse line than there would be to just at this point taking Kansas plus three at minus 120. You can bet on that or anything you want at bet online, but uh, obviously gamble responsibly. Coming up on Monday's show, we're going to recap whatever happens in the Kansas-Missouri game. If you have anything you'd like for the show to talk about, you can hit us up on the comment section on YouTube. You can also give me a follow and, and shoot me a comment or DM at D Johnson radio on Twitter. Don't forget to subscribe to the show. So you're getting all the latest with locked on Jayhawks. That'll do it for today's episode. Have a good rest of your day. Have a good rest of your weekend. Beat Mizzou. See somebody on rock chalk sports talk later today. Bye.